Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the new details about what happened inside those three spas in Georgia during a deadly shooting rampage. The new surveillance video and why one officer is being pulled off the case. The 21-year-old charged with murdering eight people seen walking calmly into his getaway car as victims get medical attention plus the renewed fears in the Asian-American community. Spring surge, cases rise as President Biden celebrates 100 million vaccines in less than 60 days. And Europe says the AstraZeneca vaccine is safe and effective, Why the U.S. is sending millions of doses to Mexico and Canada. Plus, Dr. Fauci clashes with Senator Rand Paul. Masks are not theater. Masks are protective. And we, we have ask immunity you- there, theater. Capital riot manhunt. The FBI releases new video showing assaults on police officers, hoping the public will help identify some of the most violent offenders. More than two dozen tornadoes reported in the south, some packing winds up to 130 miles per hour. Angry Putin. The Russian leader lashes out after President Biden calls him a killer and says their country will pay a price for election interference. Attention Pet Owners is a popular flea collar to blame for the death of nearly 1,700 dogs and cats. Peloton safety warning after a child dies, the company's message tonight about keeping your kids safe. And this sweet story of a hugging machine, a five-year-old's invention that lets students hug their teacher during the pandemic. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with new developments in that shooting rampage in the Atlanta area that left eight people dead and the country reeling. Tonight, there's new video showing the alleged killer calmly leaving one of the Asian spas he targeted moments after gunning people down inside. Investigators are now saying there is evidence that Robert Long was a customer at two of the spas where he opened fire. Police in Atlanta said today they aren't taking the idea that the shootings were a hate crime off the table. And on Capitol Hill tonight, members of Congress are warning of a disturbing spike in brutal attacks on Asian Americans has now reached a crisis point. And as we come on the air, take a look at this. The flag over the White House has been lowered to half staff as a mark of respect for the victims killed in Georgia. And tomorrow, the president and vice president will fly to Atlanta to meet with leaders of the Asian American community there. We also have new details on a dangerous surge of coronavirus infections that's now happening across more than a dozen states. And a warning tonight for pet owners about a popular flea and tick collar that may be linked to the deaths of nearly 1,700 pets. So we've got a lot of new reporting for you and your family tonight. Our team of correspondents standing by. CBS's Mark Strassman is going to lead off our coverage from Georgia. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Nora. As fear ripples through Atlanta's Asian communities, two separate police investigations are building a case against the confessed killer. But many critics have an issue with the attitudes of some law enforcement. Surveillance video obtained by the Daily Mail shows Robert Long's black Hyundai pull up to Young's Asian massage. Police say he confessed to gunning down four people inside, two of them Asian women. Moments later, Long walked back to his car and drove away. Then bedlam as dazed and wounded customers come out and police rush to reports of gunshots. From Cherokee County, Long traveled roughly 30 miles to Atlanta and at two separate massage spas shot down four more people all Asian women. According to a local Korean newspaper, the victim at the aromatherapy spa opened the door thinking Long was a customer, but he suddenly opened fire and she was shot dead. He did frequent those two uh, locations. uh, Atlanta police say it's not clear if the killer targeted specific people. The investigation into a possible hate crime, is that still on the table? Our investigation is looking at everything, so nothing is off the table for our investigation. There's been a national backlash against the way Cherokee County law enforcement initially pointed to Long's motive. He has uh, some some issues, uh, potentially uh, sexual addiction. Social media also jumped on how Captain Jay Baker framed the killer's mindset. Um, and yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. Making matters worse, Baker's anti-Asian Facebook post last year promoting T-shirts with the message COVID-19, imported virus from China. Recent attacks on Asian Americans include this 76-year-old Chinese woman in San Francisco, sucker punched by a white man. She bloodied her attacker with a stick. He was arrested. During the pandemic, Asian Americans have reported nearly 3,800 attacks, physical and verbal. On Capitol Hill, the first hearing in 30 years into Asian American hate was often emotional. This hearing was to address the hurt and pain of our community and to find solutions. And we will not let you take our voice away from us. In a statement today, the Cherokee County Sheriff said he regretted any suggestion of disrespect toward the victims or sympathy toward the suspect. He made no mention of the racist T-shirt. But Nora, Captain Baker will no longer speak publicly about this investigation. There you go, Mark Strassman. Thank you. 
All right, tonight, President Biden is marking an important milestone in the fight against COVID, saying the country will hit his goal of administering 100 million COVID shots as soon as tomorrow. That is six weeks earlier than he'd promised. But new cases are surging in more than a dozen states as new variants spread quickly. Here's CBS's Nikki Batiste. Tonight, it's a race between the virus and vaccines. New COVID hotspots starting to spike as pandemic restrictions relax. If we pull back prematurely, we may trigger another surge. 15 states reporting a rapid increase in new cases in the past week. Michigan leads the nation. We are in the fourth quarter of this fight against the vaccine. It's not over yet. It is no time to spike the football. In New York and New Jersey, the rate of new cases is at least double the national average. A variant first detected in New York City may be to blame. Beware the Ides of March. Dr. Peter Hotez predicted last month variants would become problematic, especially the one first detected in the U.K. The reason I said that was because of the B117 variant. And so now we're in a race. It's a race to see if we can vaccinate ahead of the B117 variant before it sweeps through the country. Who's winning this race at the moment, the vaccine or the virus? Well, I think we're neck and neck at this point. And tonight, the European Union's drug regulator says the AstraZeneca vaccine is safe and effective. This comes after more than a dozen countries stopped using it over fears of blood clots. It still needs authorization in the U.S. Today, the White House saying it would send millions of AstraZeneca doses to Mexico and Canada, saying it was crucial to ending the pandemic. Even with the increasing number of vaccinations, health officials are still urging the public to wear masks. That led to a contentious exchange on Capitol Hill today between Dr. Anthony Fauci and Senator Rand Paul. You want to get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they can quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine. Well, let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Masks are protective. Tonight, CBS News has learned the CDC is planning to revise its six-foot social distancing guidance down to three feet in schools tomorrow. And the New York Health Department tells us the Javits Center here behind me will start vaccinating people around the clock again once supply increases. Nora? That's a big change for the schools. Nikki Batiste, thank you. All right, tonight the FBI is stepping up its hunt for more suspects who attacked police in the Capitol insurrection. The bureaus released videos of 10 suspects hoping that the public can help identify them. So watch closely as we get more now from CBS's Jeff Pegues. The FBI says the 10 men in the latest videos were among the most violent in the mob clashing with police. This man used his fist to punch one of the officers in the face. The individual in the cap and black striped sweatshirt wielded a stick. One doused police with chemical retardants from a fire extinguisher. Another ruthlessly grabbed and twisted an officer's face mask. The latest suspect to be charged, Jeffrey McKellop, allegedly came ready to fight. Prosecutors say the retired U.S. Army Special Forces member wore body armor and used this flagpole as a spear to target an officer who sustained an injury near his left eye. In all, 65 people have been charged with assaulting officers. 134 officers were wounded in the melees. After the riot, two died by suicide. And Officer Brian Sicknick died from the injuries suffered during the riot. Capitol Officer Winston Pynchon was among the officers overrun that day. There were times there when I would look out and see thousands of really angry people with just 
evil in their eyes. And there were multiple times where I thought I might not make it out of here alive. Today, the two men who allegedly sprayed Officer Sicknick with that chemical irritant were indicted by a grand jury on 10 counts, including using a dangerous weapon to assault officers. Nora. Jeff Begays with all that new information tonight. Jeff, thank you. Tonight, tornado watches are posted in North Carolina and southern Virginia following an outbreak of tornadoes that ripped a trail of destruction across the south on Wednesday. CBS's David Begno has the powerful images and remarkable stories of survival. There were more than two dozen tornadoes, some packing winds of up to 130 miles per hour, that reportedly touched down across the south. But the majority of them were in rural Alabama, and they left a trail of twisted metal and rubble. Stuff started flying, busting through the, uh, the walls. It was just chaos. Jennifer Patterson of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, knew that her mobile home this was not a safe place. Day. So she ended up running into the woods behind the mobile home and hung on to a tree. Just all I could do was just say, Jesus, watch over me. Jesus, watch over me. There were also tornadoes reported from Missouri all the way down to Mississippi. The severe weather also produced heavy rain in parts of Arkansas. Take a look at the flash flooding in a Jonesboro neighborhood. Back here in Moundville, Alabama, where we are tonight, this is Tommy Muckenfuss's RV shop. Two of his employees dove under an RV in this shed as the roof blew off and the storm passed right over them. And we got roughly six campers turned over on the side and about five or six in our shop that you see back there. That's got a little bit more damage than they started out with, unfortunately. It's a good thing they weren't in the parking lot. That's a 10,000-pound trailer sitting on its side now because of the weather. You know what else this big system did? It dropped the temperature nearly 20 degrees. It's cold here in the south now. But, Nora, the best part is no major injuries, and luckily no one died. Just incredible. David Begno, thank you. Well, tonight, echoes of the Cold War as a feud has erupted between the leaders of two nuclear superpowers. President Biden thinks Vladimir Putin is a killer and the Russian president is responding. CBS's Ed O'Keefe reports now from the White House. A dangerous war of words between the two presidents tonight. The Kremlin and Vladimir Putin hitting back at President Biden for calling him a killer. So you know Vladimir Putin, you think he's a killer? Mm-hmm. I do. Responding today in Moscow, Putin said, It takes one to know one. Calling the relationship bad and under the threat of collapse, the Kremlin also pulled its ambassador back to Moscow for emergency meetings. The White House said the president has no regrets for his comment. No, the president gave a direct answer to a direct question. The administration is now considering new sanctions on the Kremlin as early as next week after U.S. intelligence confirmed the Russians interfered in the 2020 election, hoping to swing the race to Donald Trump. The price he's going to pay, well, you'll see shortly. The president has also vowed to retaliate against Russia for their likely involvement in the SolarWinds computer hack, which breached several federal agencies and U.S. companies. What is the holdup? Some of the responses may be seen, some may be unseen, and of course the president reserves the right to respond in a manner and time of his choosing, as any president would. But he did make clear uh, that that the Russian government will pay a price. Putin today also invited the president to hold virtual face-to-face talks that would be broadcast live around the world as early as tomorrow. The White House press secretary didn't say no to the invitation, but noted that the president is, quote, quite busy. Nora. All right, Ed O'Keefe at the White House. Thank you. 
And breaking tonight only here on CBS News, members of Congress are now asking for one of the largest single product temporary recalls in U.S. history. After documents show a top-selling flea and tick collar may be linked to the deaths of nearly 1,700 pets. CBS's Anna Werner investigates. Alex Yeager and his mom, Eleanor, say two months after they put a Soresto collar on their golden retriever, Blake, he developed seizures like this one. They say their veterinarian gave the dog epilepsy medication, but Blake was never the same. I don't want anyone to ever go through this. Karen Pisano told us one of her two four-month-old kittens fell ill within two days of putting the collars on in August. Orange tabby Oscar's legs began twitching. And that's when I became extremely alarmed. On a veterinarian's advice, she says, she immediately removed the collars. But Oscar died that night. To see him pass, you didn't deserve that. Soresto collars contain two different pesticides designed to ward off fleas and ticks. Retailer Alonco says the collars are safe. But government documents obtained by a nonprofit group show since Soresto collars were introduced in 2012, more than 75,000 incidents have been reported to the EPA, ranging from skin irritation to seizures, plus nearly 1,700 pet deaths. Um, Senior scientist I mean, Nathan Donnelly. The, the biggest thing that stuck out to me was just how high these numbers are. Elanco disputes that, saying the incident report rate in the U.S. has been below 0.3 percent, and the majority relate to non-serious effects such as skin problems. A company official said that a report is not an indication of cause, and said there's no established link between exposure to the active ingredients in Soresto and pet deaths. But Congressman Raja Krishnamurthy wants the collars off the market, at least temporarily. I think that it's only uh, appropriate in this case that the manufacturer do a voluntary recall. The company says it's cooperating with the subcommittee, but will not issue a recall. That, a spokesperson told us, would be up to regulators. Anna Werner, CBS News, Berkeley, California. Tonight, an important warning from Peloton that says a young child has died following an accident involving its Tread Plus treadmill. The company did not provide details of the accident, but says there have been a small number of incidents where children have been hurt. Peloton is warning users to keep children and pets away from the equipment and after a workout to remove the safety key and store it out of reach. We also have some stunning video from a fiery crash today in Oakland, California. A speeding Amtrak train with more than 100 people on board slammed into a truck that was stuck on the tracks and pushed it nearly 100 yards. The truck driver got out before the wreck and no one aboard the train was injured. And tonight, a reminder that sometimes the simplest invention can change the world. Five-year-old Avery Green from Long Island, New York, and his kindergarten teacher, Carrie Strumsky, invented a hugging machine using a shower curtain. Mrs. Strumsky has stage four breast cancer, and she missed hugging her students during the pandemic. But now she gets a parade of hugs every day with the use of that hugging machine. Isn't that darling? Here in Washington, like other cities, too many are exposed to the effects of gun violence at an early age. But some are finding a way to change their focus. Here's CBS's Ben Tracy. 16-year-old Mohamed Tambu wasn't sure what he was good at besides basketball. Especially living in D.C., all you know is basketball, gang violence. Get a boat right here. But then he heard about a program teaching kids to make short films. And I said, I want to be a part of this. The only type of 
videos I've ever shot was on my phone. It's called Don't Shoot Guns, Shoot Cameras. Once you tell kids not to get into gang violence, what are they going to do? Yasmin Selena and comedian Rodney Grant run the program. His nephew was shot to death in 2015. These kids don't deserve guns in their hand. They don't deserve people not um, believing in them. They got to have more people believing in them. After working on the group's final short film, 17-year-old Marley McDonald is now heading to film school. I feel like it's important to have people that look like me telling stories about similar life experiences that I went through. And Muhammad now knows something else he's good at. Does that make you believe there's all sorts of other things yeah. you might be able to do and do really well? Yes. It opened doors that I would have never thought would be open. Because he now sees his world through a whole new lens. Ben Tracy, CBS News, Washington. Tomorrow, CBS's Steve Hartman with a new twist on a math teacher who became a foster parent to a student. And if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. See you tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.